Welcome to the great conversation where ideas matter. Ideas shape markets. Ideas can change the world. I, uh, I don't know if you've ever gone driving down the street one day and seen a construction site after hours, all this equipment laying around. We actually have a house down the street. And I was saying to my wife, with the price of wood, I'm wondering how that wood hasn't been stolen by now. I mean, um, it gets kind of crazy around this neck of the world these days with all the prices the way they are and kind of the lack of police surveillance going on these days. So crazy stuff. And then dealerships late at night, you see all those lights on, all those cars. You might even want to step in and look around at them. But if it's two in the morning, you're probably thinking it might look sketchy and you'd probably be right. But you wonder how these places stay protected. And, um, and once in a while you see video cameras, uh, uh, but as I said to my wife, they, they have half the picture. Uh, they, they really, like our, like our cameras on our home, they're not going to do any good unless I can interrupt the person from breaking in. Uh, because otherwise, I'm dealing with something that's happened already, and now I'm trying to mitigate the damage. And uh, so I, I, I'm thinking of all that. And then the other day, I was on this uh, great conference call where we had an um, industry analyst talking about some new things in the security industry, new trends. And on the call was the CEO of a company called iForce, Daniel Forrest. Uh, so you'll find his bio in our write-up, but let's just get into it. Daniel and I are sitting by my virtual fireplace, and we're just going to have a chat here about some of the things we learned on that call that wasn't maybe wasn't big news for Daniel or myself, but also could have been big news, could have shown where this industry is headed with some of these things. But Daniel, welcome to The Great Conversation. Thanks for having me, Ron. Well, we're going to have some fun. Daniel's out of Houston, Texas, uh, but let, let's let's get right into it, Daniel. Um, what did we learn the other day? What were the top three things you learned from that call, or or it anchored something you already knew, and uh, and uh, what what you learned from that call the other day? I think the biggest thing that I learned from the call was, I mean, our industry, the security industry, is just it's it's moving at an incredible speed right now from a technology standpoint and, and technology is really changing, you know, how we, how we go to market and, and, the, and the services that we can sell as, as a security uh, company, as a security integrator uh, dealer out there, there, there's, there's so many more options to sell security as a service, or in my case, you know, video surveillance as a service, uh, which is, which is, protecting people's outdoor assets and the ability to to intervene in that process to get these uh get these intruders off of off of these properties and and help the police departments out in doing so absolutely absolutely well you said a couple things i noticed that too elizabeth parks did a great job she was the analyst and she was showing the different trends in the as a service model but she also talked about the acceleration of technology innovation going on in the uh, consumer space, leading to a lot of pressure in the commercial space. And I was thinking to myself, what a great opportunity. But if I was a chief security officer, 
I'm now scratching my head because at, at that accelerant of, of technology innovation, I may be buying something that's outdated a year after I put it in. So, so are you getting that feedback from people too? I think, I mean, it, it, so it's moving fast, but I think from a, from a hardware perspective, which, you know, a lot of, a lot of the, you know, security was, has, has been very much a hardware industry. And so I, that hardware still is, is relevant today, even as fast as technology uh, takes place. But I think the, where, where a lot of it is, is changing daily is, is on the software side. And so that's typically updated, you know, whether that's cloud-based or you can push it out to a hardware device. Uh, you're not going to be outdated, you know, within a few months, uh, because because we can we can update those devices or update the cloud server that's going to that things are uh, running through. So, I think I think that they've done a good job of you know kind of getting finding the happy happy medium in that. But also, it does lead to the question of investment. Uh, the as a service model also has a procurement model tied to it, and are you seeing more companies going toward more of an OPEX procurement of their, of their hardware and software? Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, you know, it's, it, and, and you'll, you'll see a lot of the, uh, the bigger players out there that can afford to do this. Obviously they're, you know, they're rolling everything into a, a monthly uh, from a hardware and software perspective and they're, you know, and they're offering, you know, whatever that upgrade may look like three to five years from now uh, as part of that service and just continuing the contract, which, you know, there's a lot of third party finance companies out there that are doing it for the smaller integrators, but, but yeah, it's a, uh, it's becoming something that is, is much more common in our, in our industry, not just uh, the ADT model of, you know, you could, everything was rolled in for your home. You just pay, you know, 49.99 a month or whatever their, their program was. Yeah. That's right. That's right. And then, and then there, we had a good discussion in that seminar about do it yourself model. And Elizabeth seemed to indicate that the more successful companies will learn to live with the do it yourself model in the consumer space. Uh, do you see that as well? Yeah, I do. And I, and I don't, I don't necessarily see it. I mean, maybe for the, 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 the guy out there that's strictly doing residential, I think, you know, maybe they, you know, they're losing some revenue or they're losing some RMR uh, opportunities by that DIY crowd. But for the most part, what you're offering is a, you know, you're offering, ideally you're offering a, a better solution to the entire problem at hand and giving them security solutions. Now from our end, I mean, even, even as a, you know, being able to offer, the like a remote guarding service on top of video you know there's 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 so many companies out there today that have their own internal teams that are putting in their own cameras and managing their own networks which i don't view that as a bad thing i mean it's always great to get a hardware sale don't get me wrong but if you can have a customer that wants to manage their own network and their own cameras on that network but then use you to get a to to pay for a a high-end service to get that RMR up to me that's a, I mean obviously I'm biased but I feel like that's a perfect world where you're you're not dealing with that customer's network or the issues that may arise out of that but you're getting you're getting to build that customer a, a high-end service and, and make RMR for your company 
So uh, I often, if you've listened to some of my podcasts, Daniel, you'll hear me talk about something called a scorecard. It comes, I think, from my old Six Sigma days, um, but I apply it a little differently. Um, when I work with CSOs, I always ask them, how, how do you, how do you uh, actually evaluate uh, integrators? How do you evaluate service providers? How, how do you do that? What's your approach to that? And if they actually take ownership over it, where many you know, have given that up to a consultant or someone else, but if they, they enjoy the discussion. And it's always surprising, I think, some of the conversations I've had for the industry as a whole, listening to what that looks like. But if they had asked you your advice on how to evaluate a uh, remote guarding service such as yours, because there's a few out there, um, what would you say? What are the what is the top scorecard for evaluating service providers like you? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, just trying to be a, as as neutral as possible because we there's a lot of competitors out there, and a lot of them are, are, are good, and you know we're friends with with a bunch of them. Uh, but I think, in my opinion, I think that one, like we just talked about, technology is changing every day from whether it's AI-based analytics to maybe it's a hardware piece like radar or drone technology. And you never know when that technology is truly capable of being effective. And so having a partner in this remote guard space that is doing the research on the technology, understands the technology, and can help that integrator or dealer implement that technology. I think that's a that I think that's that's a key piece to whoever you choose because there's so many from the 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 era of just central stations. They they took alarms, they called police, that was it. It was very much transactional service. You couldn't call a central station and say, well how do I get this alarm system online? Well it's a it's it's not as complicated of of an industry, so maybe that that wasn't necessary for them. But as we get into video and getting these sites online and working with IT departments, it becomes very much a primary uh, issue to to be able to understand that. So finding a good partner that understands the technology, how to implement it, how to get it online, and work with end users. IT departments to, to, to get those systems online, I think is probably the primary uh, uh, evaluation factor, in my opinion. Uh, interesting. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm listening. I'm listening for the real scene here. So video monitoring companies, you wouldn't start at response times, you know, all those things I thought you might say, you're starting with yeah. step, step one. And that is, well, because here's, here's, here's the thing. If you, if you can't get a system online, you can't monitor it. Doesn't matter how fast you respond to something. I love it's it. Not online. I love it. I love it. So, and so, and there's, there's so many different players out there, you know, and, and there's some people that send alarm, you know, they'll, they outsource stuff to uh, overseas first and then it comes back. I mean, and so, Response times do come into play. Don't get me wrong; that is a very important part. But I think I think it's necessary to 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 evaluate the first part of it uh, as as a primary uh, in getting a, in getting or picking a a remote guarding station. And because and because you know it all starts with getting it to work, 
then, uh, then that other piece of the puzzle where I'm turning to you as an advisor and saying, given the state of AI, given the state of machine learning, given the state of audio, given the state of video management system technology, is this leading edge or bleeding edge, Daniel? And your team would help them sort that out. Yeah, that's that is our that's one of our number one goals as a company is is we're we're going to use the very best that there is on the market on for for your camera. So if that changes tomorrow, you don't have to worry about that. We want you to be good at what you're good at, which is taking care of your customers from a hardware and sales and service perspective. You don't have to go figure out what is the best AI to put on the camera because then and in, 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 inevitably you're not going to be taking care of your customer if you're constantly researching that side of things that, that you're not you're not looking at it every day like we are. Now, now again, and everyone knows I do unscripted conversations, Daniel, and you're being so kind to let me really dig in. I'm, I'm a voracious learner, so I really appreciate it. And I, I hope our community does too, that you're really giving us some insights on how to think about these things. So here, here I'm kind of interested in the business model. If you're going to be a leading edge, if you're really going to research these things, do you do you set aside? You're the CEO of iForce. Do you actually have intentional time where you're maybe benchmarking um, on paper or through a proof of concept uh, different technologies that may play a role in the future strategically for your customers? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think that if I mean if like I said, if it, as fast as, it, as the technology changes, if, if I, you know, that, I mean, I think that's part of the reason why, why the company has kind of gone in the direction that it has just because of my own, my own personal beliefs, obviously, and, and how this industry is, is growing and, you know, being, being able to offer a truly effective monitoring service that is affordable and efficient and, and, uh, Without without proper technology, that's just not going to happen. I think that will play out over the next few years, just as with with AI getting better and the the cost of this military grade hardware that is starting to be able to you know get into the hands of of uh, everyday uh, yeah users. Yeah, isn't it interesting how both the consumer market and the DoD have a huge impact on the reality of our physical security, commercial physical security industry. It's pretty fascinating. Um, yeah, I mean, and you see too, like we, we've talked about this before about how slow things are uh, move in the security industry. And just from a, even just a video monitoring aspect, I remember in the, in the early 2000s, everybody was talking video monitoring, video monitoring, video monitoring. What wasn't really until maybe 2015 that it truly started to take off and become a, a real option just because the reliability of internet and the availability of internet, the, uh, the, the, how good analytics actually were where people weren't just staring at live video screens. So even though we've talked about it for 15 plus years, you know, it, us knowing what technology can, can, when is it right to buy it as a dealer? When is it right to sell it? Because we know it'll work. We're not going to throw money down the drain. I think that's that's a that's important piece. Right. So I, I, I'm going to draw maybe a lousy analogy. So I, forgive me in advance, will you, Daniel? But a lousy analogy. Um, 
I have the ability in my home, uh, I have sensors that will automatically go to a central station and they'll try to call me or they'll go direct to the police. And I also have DIY, so I have a set of cameras. I won't mention the brand, no free advertising here. Uh, but, <laughs> but I uh, have a bunch of cameras around my home and I don't have them linked to monitor uh, because the provider doesn't allow me to integrate my do-it-yourself video camera assemblage, which I thought was fascinating. Back to your business model where, you know, if, if you have a customer who's already got a bunch of cameras and they want to do the monitoring, you're going to figure out how to do that. So what's going on there? Because I was listening to Elizabeth Parks in this, in this session, and I'm thinking, why, why is that still happening? Can you, can you give me some answers to that? Yeah, I mean, it, there, there's just, it's one, having uh, personnel from an onboarding perspective that understands how to get these systems online isn't easy. Right. Uh, so being able to build their company in, in a way that they can effectively control and scale, uh, you know, they have to, you know, they, they make the decision to choose one, one product line or maybe one or two product lines that they know that they can, they can uh, get those online. And so I think that that's the, that's the main reason for it and not, not wasting a bunch of time on, on uh, systems that may or may not produce any income for them. Are you seeing much more in the commercial space that you're in? Are you seeing much more asks around your customers getting simultaneous alerts along with your, your uh, guard virtual guard force team? Uh, are they asking for that via their mobile devices? Yeah, and we so we sort of give them that in a way that basically they're able. It's not they're able to see it as soon as our operators make a decision on it. Uh, and so it, it's not it's not live and live to where they're they're getting it at the exact same time as our operators. But if if we tell them, hey, we've dispatched police as soon as we as soon as we say that we've contacted police, and then they get notified so that they know you know, hey, we'll need to be on site probably at some point. Got it. Got it. Okay. And finally, we have a few minutes left. I'd love, and if you have permission, you can mention customer names. If not, you know, keep it generic, but give us a couple of case studies that you think really pop out for you that you found is are, are kind of fitting that leading trend of where our market is going. Case studies could come from the markets you're you're in or even outside your markets. Can you give us a couple of instances? Yeah, I think uh, kind of where the market's going in, in a lot of industries. So I can't name customers just because we are, we're, we're dealer based. We work through our dealer channel and they're, so I guess technically these aren't my end users. There, there are dealers and users. And now we work very closely with them and then the end user may say, you know, lump us into the same category, but for that reason, I won't, I won't share names, but I'll say that the industries, some in particular that have very much been a physical guard industry, uh, with, with, has, has adopted this remote guarding aspect. And, and a lot of them, even up until today are still very reluctant. And there's what they're seeing is 
they'll they'll put a sight on and say, well, let, let's let's just uh, let's see if you can actually do what you say you can do. Because like I said, this this industry, for as long as we've been around, is still fairly new to a lot of the end users out there that are you know these security professionals that are you know the, running security management for large firms. Uh, this is this is new, and they still think that physical guard is the only way to truly protect a site. And and they're and they're finding that uh, by using interactive gate services and checking in uh, drivers and uh, and employees, that that it, that's not the case anymore. Don't know if that I don't know if that really answered your question or not, but okay. So. Are you seeing back to industry trends? Are you seeing a big demand in uh, right now, or are we still in its infancy? And if if the demand is centered on, for example, gate services, or is it is it cent- where where is the 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 new emerging markets going on right now that you're seeing the hottest markets? I think it's gate services where you can where you can truly replace personnel. So whether that's a gate or a door or these wide, wide, uh, large perimeters. Uh, So, you know, before, let's say you had a car dealership and that was fairly easy to put a camera system up. But if you had a big yard of, let's say, you know, industrial services, yards, distribution warehouses with a lot of big semi trucks. This is a very large perimeter that you can't just go slap a camera up on the corner of a five acre property where there's no power and there's no, I mean, you could do solar and there, there's other, there's a lot of hardware options, but with the technology and, and the ability to replace, uh, actually replace a physical guard, uh, that, that's where the, the, the trend is. Yeah, that's interesting. Also because of video mount monitoring and your use of audio, I would imagine anybody who's dealing with a huge amount of false alarms too might be good candidates for your company. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, there's, you know, you people people want to try to say they their video monitor they have video monitoring already, but that's them answering their phone through video motion alerts, uh, which is just it's it's un it's unmanageable. Yeah. Even if you're just doing one property by yourself, uh, it, it it becomes it becomes a, a nuisance, and you know, it, it you, you can't pro- professionally get somebody off your lot. Even at that point, what are you what are you going to do if you do see somebody? You're going to you know, run up there and get there in 15 minutes, kind of deal. It just yeah, it, it it makes it makes it so much more difficult. Well, Daniel, this has been a great conversation. I really appreciate your time. It's always fun to talk to the entrepreneurs in this industry um, who are now starting to benefit from the new trends that are going on. And uh, I really appreciate your time and your, your give back to the industry. Yeah, I appreciate it, Ron. Thanks for having me on. This has been a great conversation with Daniel Forrest.